You're listening to the King's Oahu podcast. We hope today you're inspired, your faith is built up, and that you're encouraged by today's word. Oh, let's give it up for all of our teams this morning. Thank you so much. All of those who serve and are a part of our church, we could not do it without you. Thank you so much. And all these ushers, give it up for our ushers. It's so wonderful, so awesome. You know, we couldn't do what we do without you. And it is such a joy to serve. You know, honestly, I think I get more out of serving than, than I give. You know, because when you serve, God fills you up. He pours into you. There's such significance. There's such, there's such purpose that comes. So I encourage you, if you're not serving somewhere, get connected. God's giving you a gift and a talent for a reason. And you know what? We need it. The body of Christ needs it for such a time as this. The world needs your gift and the world needs you to make a difference. And then there's so many ways to get involved. So make sure you check that out. And hey, I want to say thank you so much for praying for us. Pastor Josh and I were in Las Vegas this last week, preaching at Pastor Paul Goulet's church at International, International Church of Las Vegas. It was their prophetic conference, powerful move of God. We were able to minister to their team and their church. So thank you so much for praying for us. You know, God's definitely using us in this season. And I think, can we give it up for our amazing team, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Mila, the whole team, KC team that's here serving. And, uh, you know, we're grateful that God's given us opportunities to pour in beyond even just Hawaii. And last but not least, I don't want to, I'm going to give a shameless plug right now. All you women in the house, we are one month away from women's conference here. And so I just, listen, 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 Linda. Okay, listen. No. <laughs> Hear my heart here, okay? I'll, I'll calm myself down. I won't be a crazy cheerleader right now. I really don't want you to miss this. I put and our team over a year of time, every detail for you to be blessed, to be encouraged, to be connected and challenged and doted over and gifts and, and just the experience. But it's not just for us. It's for the world. So if you have a sister, you have a friend, you have a neighbor, you have anybody who doesn't know the Lord, I'm telling you, this is the perfect event to bring them to. We have Havila Cunnington coming, who's a world-renowned speaker. Joe Jones, whose worship is off the chain. I mean, incredible. It is for all ages, all generations. And I just challenge you, please don't let money be an issue. If it is, come see me. We want all of you there to participate in what God's gonna do. Amen? Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Are you guys ready? We're starting a new series this morning called, are you guys alive out there? Come on. You guys are going in worship. What is it our new series is? The Naked Truth. We are going to dive into some things and conversations that maybe a lot of churches don't talk about, but we're going to go there because we believe that we want to reveal and we want to be able to speak truth over you and identity and relationships. And, you know, we want victory and everything that the enemy meant for evil is going to turn for good. Amen. So I want you to turn with me to Genesis 2 this morning, starting in verse 20. And as you're turning there, Pastor Josh sends his love. He is preaching on Maui today. Dr. Morocco is been in the mainland ministering to all of our churches there. He's been going for, I can't keep up where he's at, actually. I mean, he was in Phoenix. He was here. He was there. And so please keep him in prayer. But Pastor Josh will be back next week and has a word for you guys. So make sure you're here. All right, Genesis 2, 20. Let's start reading together. 
So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why the man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife, and they become one flesh. And here's the key verse here. Adam and his wife, read it with me. Come on, Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. Let's pray. Can you guys all pray with me, for me, and for yourself? Lord, we thank you for a fresh anointing in this house. Holy Spirit, we don't want to just do a religious thing. Get up, get down. Lord God, put our hands, hear the word, leave. Lord, we want your presence. We want your spirit to the Lord minister to us personally, directly. God, we want to be transformed. Transformed. We don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. So Lord, anoint me today as I preach your word. Anoint their ears. Open their ears. We break off all distraction. We break off all hindrance. And we thank you, Lord, that you would have your way today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You know, today's title is... Naked and unashamed. If you're taking notes, you're going to want to take notes today. So get out your phone, get out your notepad. And I want to encourage you to take notes because, you know, for me, I don't remember anything. Like my memory is not very good. So unless I take notes, I can't go back to what the Lord was speaking. Or maybe, it, actually, maybe this word, maybe it's not for you right now but maybe it's for you in a month. And if you write it down, the Holy Spirit might bring you back to that word and you need it right there in that season. So I wanna encourage you, part of growing in your relationship with God is take notes, be engaged in what God is saying in the service and in the word of God, amen? You know, okay, so growing up in Maui, I don't know about you and how, how it was when you grew up, but you know, anybody go to the beach when you're a kid and then, um, you know, you're, you know, when we were teenagers, we were there and then we were about ready to go to the showers, rinse off our feet, go get in a car, and then all of a sudden, there's all these kids like naked in the shower. Anybody was that kid? No, I'm just joking. No, like it's kind of like, I don't know if it's a Hawaii thing or if it's just a kid thing, but you know, kids, they all have no shame, no shame, right? They just, they just take off their clothes or the parents are like, go get in the shower. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. But you know what I love about that is it's this picture of innocence. It's this picture of, they don't care. They don't know that, that there's something wrong with that. They don't know until they're told or they're shown or they're shamed. And, you know, it's a picture that even in the garden, this was a picture. What I just read to you was God's plan A for humanity. It's walking and talking in the cool of day with the Lord. That they were naked and unashamed. That there was no sin. That they were, they were, there was no fear. There was no guilt. There was no comparison. It was just a perfect place to commune with God. See, God created us for intimacy. And this is what is seen here in the garden, that here there he was intimate with Adam and Eve. Can you imagine what that looks like? I mean, heaven is going to be amazing. There's no hindrance. The, 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 they were just in relationship with the Lord. And I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 3.19. Because the basis of intimacy is to know God and know one another. But that word know is very interesting when you look at Ephesians 3.19. And it says this, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That 
Greek word to know was not just, hey, I know you from afar or I know your name. It is literally an intimate know. It's I understand you, I perceive you. Even in the Greek, it talks about a sexual know. That's a, the most intimate kind of know that you're going to have with somebody. God is saying, I want to have that intimacy with you. See, God doesn't want you to be far off. God doesn't want you to be distant. He wants you to be close and have an intimate, loving relationship with him. But see, the issue is not God's love or limitation of God's love. It's our knowing, our perception of his love that either keeps us close or far. And there's many things that destroy intimacy in our relationship with God. And the one that I'm going to deal with today is shame. I want you to write that down, shame. In Genesis 3, we see it come into full play. Let's read it together. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 3, 7 and 8. And it says, verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open. This is after they took of the fruit. Their eyes were open and they realized they were what? Naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees in the garden. See, the moment that they sinned, shame became a part of their identity. Before, it was no problem, but the moment that they partook of what the forbidden fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, they had the knowledge of evil came upon them. When they chose to sin, shame was a byproduct. See, remember that in our lives, that if you're feeling shame, uh, it's a byproduct of sin that wants to separate us from the Lord. It is a psychological and spiritual weapon that evil uses to contaminate our relationships with God and each other. Think about that. When shame, when sin happens and shame comes in, it it wants to push you away from God and wants to push you away from others. I've seen it over and over in ministry, years upon years, where when something's going on, somebody wants to back up. They want to stop serving. They, stop, they want to stop connecting. They, 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 they want to pull back because shame pulls you back. It separates you from the destiny and the purpose that God has. It's like two sides of a coin. Shame will always exist as a barrier in relationships with you and others. And you know, as we look at what happened in the garden, God showed me this many years ago and I call it the cycle of sin. I wanna share with you really quickly before I move on more to even shame so you can see how the enemy works. See if, see if this has happened in your life before, all right? Write this down, the cycle of sin. The first thing that happens is doubt. This is what the enemy say, said, did God really say you, could, you don't need to touch the tree? Did, did God really? So doubt is planted as a seed in your mind. And then she goes, oh, yes, God said, I can't touch it and we'll surely die. And then what does the devil say? You'll surely not die. So there's the lie. Write that down. So it's a doubt. It's a lie. And then when we believe that lie, what did she do? She took the fruit and she ate it. So the sin happened. The choice, her choice, her free will. See, this is what's so crazy is God's given us free will. He's not forcing us to be robots to serve him. He wants us to choose. Why? Because true intimacy is not a forced thing. It's a choice between two people. So she chose sin. And what happened? She sinned and her eyes were opened. And the fourth thing is after you sin is shame. Immediately as their eyes were open, they saw that they were naked and they felt shame for the first time. They looked at each other and like, 
what, what's going on. And can I just say this before I go on to the fifth one? We were never, that, to have the revelation of sin and evil was never God's plan. It's like even pornography. Within a marriage, God created that to be a beautiful union of a man and a woman, to procreate, to have intimacy, to be a beautiful thing that God, God was, it was really a reflection of how we're to have a relationship with the Lord, a beautiful relationship. And yet the enemy brought in perversion and sin and something like pornography, we are never supposed to have a revelation of pornography. We're never have to, supposed to have a revelation of that evil and that form. And think of how that is affecting marriages, how marriages are breaking up and how children are being raised with a perverted view of something that God made holy. And of course it brings shame. And then the last thing is blame. We always wanna point fingers. <laughs> I love the man. Sorry guys, but the man was like, she did it. It was her fault, you know, like he was her fault. But then God, you know, let, let's be real, as a man of the household, he got, he, he got pulled right into that thing. So both of them are, are in play here. So let's review that. The cycle of sin is what? First it's doubt. The enemy plants doubt. Then the lies come. Then the sin happens. Then the shame. And then the blame. So let's talk about the shame. I want to highlight the shame today because I believe that we're going to break shame today. That spirit of shame is going to be broken off your life and sin that is attached to it because God wants you free. He wants you to walk in the fullness of his, of his call on your life. So write this down. What is shame? Shame is the byproduct of their sin, not their nakedness. See, nakedness wasn't the shame. It was the sin that revealed the nakedness. It revealed what was not supposed to be revealed. Shame puts you into hiding. You withdraw. You shut down. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you've made choices that you know you shouldn't make, it's like you want to pull away. Shame will always produce you to try to cover it up on your own strength. You see when they, they got the fig leaves and they tried in their natural way to cover themselves. Now, I don't know about you, but if I, I've, I've played with like, you know, with leaves before. Have you ever tried to sew leaves together? Have you ever tried to put that together? Listen, I'm sure it was a bunch of mess, hanging off and all. They tried themselves the best that they could, but it didn't work. They can't do it. You can't cover up your shame. You can try for a season, but it will be revealed. It will come. The definition of shame is a painful feeling of humiliation and distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. We've all experienced it. We all know what it feels like. Shame is among the most corrosive of human emotions with the power to convince us that the little voice in our head is right. Like you're never gonna change. You're always gonna be like that. You are, your, your family, that's in your family line, you'll never break that curse. These are the little things that shame, that emotion that comes in to make us feel less than we are. And you know what, I even wanna say this today. Some of, I didn't say this in first service and I wish I did because I felt at the end of service that I, the Lord revealed this to me. Some of you are carrying shame that you didn't even make the decision. Somebody did something to you. You were a victim of someone else's sin. But see how sin works? It produced shame in you. And you didn't even choose it. 
Maybe as a young child, maybe as a wife or a husband or, what, or, or a coworker, or something happened to you. But why are you carrying the shame? See how the enemy works? If he can defile you, if he can use someone else's perversion and evil to attack you, he's got you wrapped around his finger because then you live with this shame and it wasn't even your fault. So I know that today God is gonna heal some of you. And the shame that you've been carrying since you were a little girl or a little boy, that things that were done to you that were not right, God's gonna break that shame in Jesus' name. Amen, come on. Anybody with me here? You know, and it's interesting because those of you that have gone through that, it became an open door to other kind of decisions. See, some of you, I'm, I'm, this is just by the Spirit of the Lord right now. Some of you, you got defiled. You, something happened to you. It produced shame in you. It produced the lies. It produced all that, that little voice in your head. So then you said, well, forget it. Then I can continue to just do this. I'm just dirty already. And then it keeps the cycle going. See, you've got to break that cycle and know that God loves you, that he's called you, that he's forgiven you. Amen? So some of the byproducts or some of the things that we see, what does shame produce? Unworthiness. You feel dirty. There's discomfort. Condemnation. Guilt. And regret. These are some of the things that you start feeling when shame enters the picture. But today, I'm going to talk about how do we deal with shame. How many of you want to know how to deal with shame? You're like, I've heard enough already, Pastor Shannon. Okay, hold on. It gets better. It gets better. You're okay. You guys okay? Look at your neighbor. Say, are you okay? I'm here for you. Okay. So I'm going to give you five things today. How do we deal with shame? Well, number one, we need to recognize that sin produces shame. So you can't deal with shame unless you deal with the sin. Sin produces shame. It's a byproduct of it. See, a lot of people want to deal with the shame like Adam and Eve. They tried to cover themselves, but it didn't work. The shame was still there. They were still hiding from God. Did you notice that? They covered themselves, but then they heard God and they still hid. See, if they could do it on their own, they'd be like, hey, God, look at our new fashion, right? No, they knew that what they did was wrong. They knew that they had separated themselves, that they had broken covenant with God. And their attempts to cover themselves fell flat. Your attempts to cover yourself, to try to deal with your sin, to try to cover it up, keep it hidden, deal with it this way, it won't work. Let God deal with it. Recognize that sin, sin produces shame. See, in Genesis 3, 21, it says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Christ is the answer. Our own efforts to attain righteousness and to deal with sin will never work outside of Jesus Christ. Do you see that this is a picture and a foreshadowing of what Christ came to do for us? That God had to take an animal. And you know what? I always think about this. These are animals that Adam named. These were intimate and an animal, one of Adam's animals that he was stewing over had to die because of their choice. See, there's always repercussions when we sin, but right there, God showed that some little fig leaves trying to be sewn together, our attempts of humanity trying to cover our sin will never work until there's a blood sacrifice, until some blood is spilt, and that animal had to be spilt, that, that killed that day, and his blood had to be spilt, and it was then that God covered them, and it was a foreshadow and a look of what Christ had to do for us. You can't be good enough. You can't have enough money. You can't climb the highest mountain and be all these checklists without Christ. He is the answer. 
But number two, not only do we need to recognize that sin produces shame, but number two, we need to reveal hidden sin. Ah, we don't like to hear this one. Okay, listen, let's just make it, let's just clear the air because first service got a little thick in here on this point, okay? Look at your neighbor and look at them and say, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, newsflash, you're not the only one that sins in this place. So if you're feeling a little squirmish, it's okay. Don't leave and go to the bathroom. I, I, I will bring you all the way through this, okay? You won't be, uh, you won't be disappointed. In Luke 12, 2, write that down if you're taking notes. It says, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Guys, we think we're hiding stuff, but we're not. It's just a temporary facade because God sees all. And some of you might be like, oh no, God's gonna come down like Thor with a hammer, you know? No, that's not God, that's not our God. Sin equals death. It's not good or bad. It equals death. He doesn't want, just like Pastor Andrew talked about our kids. We, don't, we would not, we would want to feed our kids and clothe our kids. We would never want our kids to die. I would jump in front of a moving train if I could save my child. It's the same way. God says don't keep it hidden because then the enemy is there. Bring it to the light. Ephesians 5, 11 says, but everyone exposed by the light, everything exposed by the light becomes visible. You've got to bring it to the light. The things in darkness, the enemy has rule and reign in the dark places. It's like the evil, eel, yucky rats and cockroaches. Have you ever wondered when, oh my gosh, I had a car at a van a few years back that was infested with cockroaches. Oh, I can't even just think about it. It's freaking me out. Okay. But you know, you're, you're, it's all dark and then you come and you open the door of the lights and they're all like, ah, and they're screaming, they're, they're going everywhere. Have you ever driven and like had one go on you? I did once and I almost like crashed the car. It was so nasty. But that's like the devil in the dark places, the rats and then snakes. And the, I mean, just, I'm giving you a visual here, okay? The cockroaches, the centipedes, they come squirming out. But when the light goes on, they're like, ah, I gotta go, I gotta run away. Bring it to the light. Expose the devil. Kick him where it hurts. Come on. I was about ready to do a kick, and I think I am. Okay. Woo! Kick him. Kick him. Bring it to the light. But not only, not only bring it to light, but acknowledge that you have an issue, that you have a problem. It's so funny when we, we you know, we... <laughs> Well, you know, it's just like that, but it's not as bad as that person or this, you know. The compromise, the justification. Do you think on the day of judgment, see, justification for your sin is going to work? When you've been given the word, you've been given Jesus, you've been given the Holy Spirit, you've been given everything you need for life and godliness, you think it will work. It won't. Bring it to the light. Acknowledge that you have an issue so that you can be healed, so that you can change. You can be transformed. In James 5, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. Confession is powerful. Why? Because it doesn't keep it in the darkness and in secrecy. But you're transparent, you're vulnerable, and you're humble. And you realize that in your own strength, you can't do it. Jack, you can't do it. You can't do it. Okay, if you're Jack, I'm not pointing out. It was just a term. Okay, all right. They're like, she's talking to me. No, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Second service always gets me. I'm like, once first service is through, it's like you guys get the kind of funny side of me. All right, here we go. We're going to keep going. 
<laughs> and you know, I know transparency, it's, it's hard. It's hard to bring, I mean, some of you, your skeletons in your closet are like, they go back from Halloween 20 years ago. I mean, it's that bad, you know? I mean, it's, it's like you got some stuff in there, but I'm telling you, it's just gonna get more. It's just gonna compile more until it all explodes. You don't want that. Come, humble yourself. Let God build the pieces. Let God begin to show you your purpose. And even in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. It's time to reveal. It's time to bring things to the light, bring it to one another so that we can surround each other and lift each other up. But number three, not only number one, recognize, number two is reveal, but number three, here it is, repent, <laughs> repent. It's the most beautiful gift that Christ has given us. It's not something to be shameful of, to come to repent. It's like, oh my gosh, God gave it. Jesus gave his life. And you know, we make it more hard than it needs to be. He says, confess your sins. Believe that Jesus died for you. Believe that God raised him from the dead, that he's your Messiah and your Lord. Come to him and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my wretchedness. Forgive me for my attitudes and my motives. Will you wash and cleanse me? And God says, yes. He doesn't say, uh, I'll get back to you next week, okay? <laughs> like, he doesn't put you on a calendar and he just says, I'll get back to you. You need to do some more good things for me. You need to show yourself. No, come broken, marred, dirty. Come to the altar of God. Come, he loves it. Come as a sinner. You don't have to, look, they didn't catch fish. They didn't clean the fish until after they caught it, okay? So come on, just come, and then he'll clean you. He'll restore you. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, what do we need to do? Confess. Say it one more time. Confess, confess our sins. He is what? faithful and just, and he will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Some of you, the stain of sin and shame, you've worn that way too long. You've worn the cloak of sin and shame way too long. Let it come off. It's like the prodigal son who came running to the Lord. He was stinky. He was in the pit with the pigs. He was nasty. And he comes like literally broken going, I just said, maybe I can just be a servant in my father's house. Maybe I can just do that. That's better than being here in the world. That's being better than left with the devil, right? So he comes back and the father sees him far off and he starts running. He pulls up his dress and he starts running towards his son. And what does he say? He embraces him in his wretchedness and his, his dirtiness. And then he says, get a robe and put it around him. You know what I love about that part? He didn't go, oh, son, go take a shower. You smell. You smell your stink, okay? Your stink, go shower. No. He gave him the ring. He put the robe. He threw it, said, throw a party in that, mo in that place that he was. See, that's what God wants to do for some of you today. He says, just come, son. You keep trying to fix it, and then it doesn't work. Just come, just come. But fourthly, not only repent, come to God in repentance, but D, or, or four, receive his covering. 
Their covering, just like I said, their covering was insufficient because it didn't deal with their shame but their nakedness. See, they were trying to cover their nakedness, but it wasn't dealing with the shame. And only, only to deal with shame is to deal with the sin, and that is only what Christ could do. In Psalms 34, 5, it says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. When you look at Jesus, don't do this. You know, it's like you can't give eye contact, right? When you've done something, you know, I've been in ministry for over 20 years and I know something's up when people are like, or I'm like, hi, and they're like, you know, and I'm like, what's I had to learn. I had to learn early on in ministry. Like I like had to like overcome spirit of rejection. Like, they don't like me. What's wrong? And then God's like, No, honey. They they don't like me. They they're they're convicted because there's sin and they don't want to come to grips with that. And there's shame there. So I know. I just pray. I just pray and I just love and I pray and I love and I said I just try to make people know it's okay. I'm here. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to help you. I'm here to walk you through to victory. Amen. So receive his covering. And that is only something that he can give. And then lastly, number five, Minister Milo, you can come to the piano, is remain covered. So not just receive his covering once, because we're all going to stumble. We're all going to fall. There's moments in our lives where we get tripped up and trapped, and we fall prey to the plans of the enemy. And you know what? we got to remember to keep coming back to repentance. Keep letting God cover us, and then remain. But I'm going to encourage you to remain. In John 15, 7, if you want to write that down or turn with me, it says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. And here it is. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Let me read it again. If you keep, say it with me. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Do you hear that? Walking in obedience and relationship and in covenant with God says if you obey the commands, you will remain. Ask yourself today, am I, am I walking according to the word? Am I living according to the spirit? Am I allowing things of this world to dictate me more than the word of God? What do you need to remove in your life? What do you need to cut off? What are those areas that are not bearing fruit? What are those areas of destruction and mindsets and the past traumas that are keeping you bound in shame? God wants to free you today. He wants to take that guilt, that shame, that dirtiness, unworthiness, the heaviness and condemnation, and he wants to wash it away. And he wants to put a robe of righteousness on you, a robe of acceptance, a robe of healing, because you're his son, because you're his daughter. Do you believe that his sacrifice was enough for you? Because if it is, then you can let go of the past. You can let go of what was done to you or with the choices that you made. I said this in first service. The very thing that the enemy used to destroy you 
This very thing that you're wanting to keep hidden or the shame that you're holding on to is the very thing that he wants to use to be your greatest testimony. See, when it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb, see that washing of his blood, the covering of his blood that washes away, it says, and we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the what? The word of our testimony. The enemy wants to keep that testimony hidden. He wants to keep you bound in shame and say, don't ever share that. You have nothing to share. No, but when you're free, when you're forgiven, when you're washed, just like the woman at the well, she went running into her town and she was the first evangelist. She said, that man told me all about my, my, my relationship. I mean, everybody knew about it. Let's be real. Everybody knows about what's going on. Don't act like you don't know what's going on. I love that. She didn't care. That's when you know you're truly free. <laughs> That's when you know you've truly been washed and forgiven and you've been set free as you walk and say, oh my gosh, I used to be a drug addict. I used to be so into porn. I used to, I, I had an affair on my wife years ago, but now I'm free and I want to make things right. Listen, listen. It all comes out, but you're willing to work through it. You're willing to walk it out. You're willing to make right what was wrong. So right now, every, every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I know this was a lot, but hey, we're going there. It's the naked truth. We're, we're bringing the truth forth today because we want you free. We want you living in the purpose and the call that God has. You might say, Pastor Shannon, I need healing today. I am bound in sin or there's choices that I've made that have caused shame. I'm living in shame. I'm living where I'm pulling back, where I'm not fully engaging, where I'm not in intimacy with God and maybe someone else. Maybe in your marriage, there's, there's a lot there and there's shame and there's regret. Make it right. I make it right. I, I'm a product of a marriage that got all, it all hit the fan when my parents, when my dad had an affair. It all came to light. But you know what? Out of that, that was when God could move. See, that's when God, see, God can't cover you if you keep trying to cover it up yourself. If you want God's hand of covering, you want God's hands of grace, just let it out. Yes, it will be messy. Will it be hard? Absolutely, it will be hard. Will there be some effects to it? There might be. There might be some repercussions because there is, sin has, you reap what you sow. But I'm here today because of what God did in my parents, that God washed it all clean, that God restored, that God raised me up as a young woman with a testimony of saying, my parents worked through it. It was messy at times, but they looked to Jesus. So maybe you're saying, Pastor Shannon, I need Jesus. I need for, to be forgiven. I need to be washed. I want this shame gone. Maybe even from my past, I'm still holding on to shame from yesterday. If that's you, I wanna pray for you today with all boldness and transparency. On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. How many of you need prayer today? I see those hands all over this place. Hallelujah. We've got some amazing, honest people in this house. People that want to be free. Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Shannon, I love Jesus and I'm trying to serve him, but I, I, I want to be strengthened. I want to make sure that I don't fall prey to sin, that I put guardrails, that I remain in him and remain under the covering, that I don't get pulled out, that I don't get distracted by the doubts and the lies of the enemy. If that's you, just lift your hands right now. I want to pray for you too. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Can we just stand right now and just begin to lift our hands? Come on, just begin to ask the Lord. Just begin to cry out to him in your own way. Listen, it starts with repentance. It starts with repentance. So God, right now we come before you. God, with a heart of repentance. Lord, I even get on my knees. Lord, some of you even need to get on your knees before the Lord. These altars are open. God, we just come before you. Lord, right now, and we ask you to forgive us of every bit of sin, every lie that we've believed, and everything that we have done that has been contrary to your word. Come on, people, just begin to pray right now. Just begin to cry out because it's your own heart. It's your own motive. It's your own relationship with God. Oh God, we just cry out. We know that you can only, you're the only one that can cover. You're the only one that can wash and set us free. So forgive us. Forgive us for our complaints to see. Forgive us, oh God, for our unforgiveness, our bitterness. Forgive us, oh God, for lying and cheating. Forgive us, oh God, for pushing people away when we should have pulled them in. Forgive us for pornography and perversion. Forgive us, oh God, for not being in union with you, oh God, and doing whatever we want. Forgive us, oh God, for every addiction of drugs and alcohol. God, we lay it before you. Lord, right now, and we ask you to come and cleanse us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and minister me. Lord, just begin to worship. I believe the Lord wants to just begin to minister to you right now. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And for more great content, go to kcoahu.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.